Welcome to the Strong for Performance podcast, where we give coaches and consultants practical ideas for taking you to the next level in your business and in your life. I'm your host, Meredith Bell. I interview experts who've walked in your shoes and offer real-world experience that you can apply to your own journey. Welcome to another episode of the Strong for Performance podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bell, and I'm so delighted to have with me today, Walt Hampton. Walt, welcome to my show. I am thrilled to be here, Meredith. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. It's my honor and pleasure. I love your energy and enthusiasm. And before we get into this, yes, I have been too. And before we jump into my questions, I want to let the audience know a little bit about you because you have such an interesting background. Walt is the founder and chairman of Summit Success International, which is a personal and professional development firm. But that's not all. He's the creator of the Consultants Success Formula, and he is the president and COO of Book Yourself Solid with Michael Port. And he's a best-selling author, a business coach, a management consultant, a leadership trainer, and a motivational speaker. And in his previous life, Walt was the managing partner of a law firm for 30 years. So Walt, you have had quite the journey. You forgot, and he's a legend in his own mind. (laughs) That too, that too. Uh, But it's interesting for someone who is in law for 30 years or or close to it, you made this shift uh, over to this area related to personal and professional development. So tell us what was the trigger for causing you to make that major change. So the trigger was actually a long, long time ago, Meredith, I loved law school, loved law school. But immediately when I began practicing at the big firm, uh, I found myself unhappy. It's a very adversarial uh, field and there's a lot of friction and controversy. And even though I was successful at it, even though I did well, even though I had all of the toys of success that went along with it, it was never, ever an easy fit for me. And, mm. you know, you have a lot of sunk costs in an education at an Ivy school and uh, student loans and family responsibilities. And so I stayed in the law for a long, long time. And then uh, a dozen years ago, um, my um, then new wife, Anne, said to me, um, I think we should go to see Tony Robbins. And I said, I'm not going to see Tony Robbins. I do not want to drink the Kool-Aid. And she said, nope, we're going to go and see Tony Robbins. And so we went to his three-day event, and I drank the Kool-Aid. And as a result of that, we enrolled in Tony's uh, two-year mastery university at not an insignificant cost. And along that path, I was invited by Tony's team to train as one of Tony's coaches. And I didn't know what coaching was, or, you know, I still thought maybe it was had something to do with soccer or baseball. I have no idea what coaching was. But the more I looked at what coaching was, I realized that I could take all of my tools and skills and problem solving and listening, all of those skills that I had as a lawyer and use them collaboratively. 
Uh, and so I accepted the offer to train with Tony's team and uh, went to work for Tony for a while and fell in love with coaching. And so here you are, um, entrepreneur with multiple areas. And the one that uh, I want to explore with you today, because I know it's so relevant for the people who are listening to my podcast, the coaches, consultants, other service professionals, they love delivering their services. But a lot of times they're, they feel less secure, less confident about the marketing and sales side of things. And so you've got three powerful strategies, I believe, that you're going to share today about marketing that's going to really make it so much simpler for them. Am I right? You are right. And I actually have lots and lots of marketing stuff that I love to share and teach, but I have three today that are my three personal favorites and that will cost your listeners next to nothing to implement. And they can transform businesses immediately. Um, just using these three strategies, I was able to replace my six-figure draw as a lawyer within seven months. Well, I think you have their attention now. And if they're not driving or working out, probably you'll want to get out uh, something to write with or type on to capture these ideas. Walt, so how would you like to start with number one? Well, I do, but I also just want to um, follow up on something important that you said, which is, you know, if people are listening to this podcast, they are likely people of service, people who want to serve and take care of other people. And we like to create content and we like to teach and coach and consult and do all of that. And as you said, the marketing often is something that's not something that people really like to do a lot. I certainly didn't. I grew up in a household where marketing and selling was almost something that you didn't, it was almost dirty. You didn't talk about it. There was, there was a lot of heaviness around that. And so I came into business with a lot of baggage around marketing and business development. And the other thing that gets in the way for so many people is that there's so much noise out on the internet uh, that suggests that marketing equals advertising or the, or at, even worse that marketing equals throwing money at stuff. And everywhere you look, you're, you're told that, you know, you do this marketing bot and that messaging chat and this Facebook strategy and that funnel hack, and then you'll have six of uh, six figure income. And it's not that complicated. It's not that complicated. Business is really, 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 really simple. It's about relationships. It's about creating, nurturing, and sustaining relationships. Amen. And, and <laughs> if all you did with was that and had a system to it, I'm going to share some systematic ways to go about it today. If all you did were, was to focus on relationships, you would be incredibly successful in business. So let's dive in. Let's do. The st first strategy is, I'm working on a better name for it. It's, it's, it's very long. It's who do your people see before they see you strategy. So coaches and consultants, business professionals listening, let's pretend that you're new to a community. 
and you need an accountant or you need a pediatrician, I would suggest that you don't go to Facebook and follow up with a Facebook ad for that accountant or pediatrician. I would suggest that you probably don't ultimately make your decision solely on a Google pay-per-click or on an advertisement on a placemat somewhere. When we as consumers at a high level make our decisions, we do one important thing. We seek out other people's recommendations and referrals. We ask other people. I moved to a new community. I live high on a hillside in County Cork, Ireland. I'm from the United States, but my business, because of the work I do, I can do anywhere in the world. We moved to West County Cork, Ireland. I didn't have any friends or relatives or uh, business colleagues. I had a neighbor though, who was a nurse. And I said, Carol, I need a doctor. Who do you suggest? She said, see Don. Don's my doctor. About two weeks ago, I needed a plumber. Called up my neighbor, Mike. Who do you recommend, Mike? He said, oh, Gavin's the plumber. Gavin became the plumber. There was no Facebook ad or looking in the phone book or anything. So the most powerful question, the most powerful question that we can ask and hold in any one moment as business professionals are who do my people, my clients, my prospective clients see before they see me? And by see, I mean see. I mean complain to, seek advice from, kvetch to, wring their hands with, who do your people see before they see you? And so if you're a health coach, that might be a, a physician, a physical therapist, it could be a personal trainer, it could be an acupuncturist, a massage therapist. If you're a business coach, it could be an accountant, it could be a business lawyer, a banker, uh, a mortgage broker. If you're um, in some type of um, real estate, it could be um, mortgage brokers, lawyers, uh, accountants. So your people are seeing other people before they're seeing you. And when you reach out and you connect with these people and begin to have conversations with these people, we can develop referral marketing relationships. Mm -hmm. And even though our medical model has been long broken, sorry to say, um, docs, physicians, long ago got this model down. You know, Maggie, they, they, they all went to medical school. They all did their residencies and internships together. And Maggie, the dermatologist, refers to Stu, the gastroenterologist, who refers to Sandy, the cardiologist, and the business goes around. You don't ask, really. You know, you just go where you're told. It's relationships. And the process, I'm going to go quickly through the process. I'm watching our time, too. The process is easy. So just let's say you're a business consultant or a business coach and you're wanting to create a book of business. You find somebody out in the community who sees your people before they see you. Let's pretend it's the accountant. And you call up and you say, hey, Meredith, my name's Walt. I'm a business coach. I like to help entrepreneurs and business professionals get more clients and make more money. And a lot of times when I'm working with clients, they come to me, you know, 
kind of the mess around the accounting area and a lot of them don't have accountants and a lot of them don't even know what their numbers are and so I'm always looking for good people to surround myself with good people who might surround my who might support my people so I'd love to know about what you do Meredith how you work in the world as an accountant who your ideal client is why you like the work tell me about you tell me about your practice I'm curious and I stay in that place of curiosity. And then the laws of reciprocity in the universe kick in always, and Meredith will say, well, well, thanks so much, and tell me about you. Tell me about your practice. Well, you know, I like to work with this, this type of person, this type of person, and here's the easy ask. And Meredith, if you come across someone like that, I'd be so grateful if you would keep me in mind. And that begins the relationship. And a lot of these go nowhere. That's fine. You only need two or three of these relationships. I worked with a, uh, a, a lawyer last year. He came to me because he wanted to move his income from $600,000 a year to 1.2 million. He wanted to double his gross. When I deconstructed his business, I saw that 80% was the Pareto principle. 80% of his business was coming from three referral sources. There were wealth managers, financial advisors. I said, this is easy. All we have to do is clone these people. And we did. And 11 months later, he had broken a million dollars in his gross. So who do your people see before they see you? The most powerful marketing strategy of all. You're right. And you know what I'm thinking as I'm listening to you say that is just the, um, sometimes people hesitate to reach out to others. They're afraid of coming across as salesy when in fact, this is really looking at, it's a different mindset. How can I be of service <clears throat> to you so that, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> at some point I can, <clears throat> excuse me, you can be of service to me. So it's that, that combination of things there. What do you say to someone though that is hesitant to reach out initially? Are there any um, suggestions you have to make it feel easier? Yes, yeah, stop being selfish. <laughs> what do you mean? What I mean by that is we have people that we are meant to serve in the world. We have people, if we're, if we're on this podcast, if we're doing this work, and you and I came together because we share this belief, we're people of service. There are people who need us in the world. There are people who are waiting for us. And many of those people are in pain. They're needy. And regardless of whatever stuff we've got around our discomfort to, to reach out, to, to make, those people are waiting for us. And so we have to get over our bad selves and get out there and do the work. And stop hiding behind the comfort of, you know, the Facebook thing or the messenger bots. All that kind of keeps us sanitized from getting our hands wet and dirty from dealing with real people and getting our feelings hurt and being a little uncomfortable and a little scared. We've got to actually get over our bad selves and do the hard work because then everything else is easier. I'll tell you, when I, when I discovered this years ago, um, I had a, a network of seven people, 
And when, you know, happily, it's not a challenge anymore, but when I had an opening for a, a client, I would just, I'd send an email out to these seven people. Hey, I'm about to have an opening. You know who I like to work with? I never had to do a stitch of marketing. Within, within weeks, I would have the replacement client. So it's really just about getting outside ourselves, mm -hmm. realizing that, you know, it is uncomfortable. Well, you know, something else I was just thinking of as you were saying that, I totally agree. I remember talking to somebody who has a couple of very successful books. To me, she's a very successful person, but she was hesitant about a certain action. And I finally said, you know what? You have a responsibility. Thank you. To get out there and reach these people because they need you. And yeah. so it's important to reframe that in your mind as I have a responsibility to do this because those people aren't going to benefit unless they know about me. And it's exactly what you were just saying. But I think that word responsibility is kind of jarring for folks. Love that. I love that. And it's slightly ni um, a nicer way of approaching it than saying, get over your selfish self. <laughs> But it's the same thing. It's yes. it's doubting ourselves and preventing ourselves from really stepping into what we're capable of being because of stories we tell ourselves. So every single one of us has um, three great fears. Am I enough? Will I be loved? And will they find me out to be the fraud I know myself to be? That's part of our humanity. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us grasps, uh, grapples with those, those three things. And if that's true, if your listeners are saying, yeah, I have, I have a, a variant of that, well, check off the box. I'm human. And now step into that responsibility. Find those people you're meant to serve. Great. I love that uh, suggestion. And that alone, you're right, can really transform someone's business if they focus on that instead of some of these other activities that yes. may or may not produce any reasonable results. So tell us about number two. Number two is a personal favorite of mine. Um, and that's uh, an easier name to remember. It's called the speaking strategy. And the speaking strategy is getting out in front of rooms. Big rooms and small rooms doesn't really matter. And sharing something of value with the audience. Now, when you stand in front of a room, people think you know something. You're seen as an expert. You know, my dad used to say the definition of an expert is somebody from out of town bringing slides. You know, now it's somebody from out of town bringing PowerPoint. You know, when you're in front of a room, you have immediate gravitas. You're seen as somebody who knows something. And so you're immediately set up as a category authority. And so you share something of value with the audience. And I'll talk about that in a moment. You share something of value uh, with the audience and you've got to follow up. Talk about that in a minute too. But from the speaking strategy, so much business will flow to you. When I moved to Ireland, um, I had no neighbors, as I said, no, no friends, no list. I wanted to make it sustainable here. And so I, I said, what would I tell a client? Get out in front of an audience and speak. And so I thought, there must be bar associations. So I called up the local bar association. I said, you know, you don't know me. I'm the new kid in the block, but I've got a couple of talks that I think would be in service 
to your organization and I would love to share them. I could do this and this and this. And they said, oh, do number one. So I went and I gave the talk. There were about 60 people in the room. One of them was a secret shopper from Dublin uh, who had come down from the, uh, from the National Law Society to check out the, the gig. From that gig, I was immediately put on the map as somebody who could help in the profession in this country. And um, within 10 days, I had a $7,500 coaching client. So the speaking strategy, getting out in front of rooms, is, is such a powerful way to position yourself. Now, the speaking strategy doesn't always mean being in front of a live room. It could be a room like with Meredith Bell. We're speaking here. People think I know something. I might know nothing, but I, here, we, here I am speaking. So, you know, I must be an expert. You're interviewing me. You must be an expert. So they could be podcasts and summits and, and other types of things. But I think, again, getting out of your bad selves and getting out in front of groups, there's just nothing more powerful. Now, you can use speaking for business. There's nothing that makes me happier than getting my $15,000 keynotes paid. But if I'm going to be given the privilege and the opportunity to be in front of a room that contains my client avatar and I'm able to lead capture and follow up, then I will do that in a heartbeat because of the power of the strategy. So how do you do it? Well, you pick up the phone or you email and you say, hey, I've got a program that I think would be of service to your people. I got this great program called the three marketing strategies that will cost you nothing. And I'd love to share it with your people. Can we get a date on the calendar? And you get the date on the calendar. By the way, Rotary International is a wonderful place to cut your teeth on this. I agree. Rotary, Rotary International is a beautiful, beautiful service-based organization. They have a business model that interestingly requires them to have a 20-minute speaker for about 46 weeks of their 52-week year. A 20-minute speech. It's not very long. And for many of us as business professionals, our client avatar is in that audience. Mm -hmm. So it's, you don't get paid, you can't sell, but you can serve and you can follow up. I've had probably north of a half million dollars worth of, uh, of income from free rotary gigs over the last decade. So you reach out, chambers, BNIs, uh, meetup groups, rotaries, lions clubs, uh, young You reach out with, with the program. Now you've the, other group, the other groups I would mention, because I was like you, Walt, I got some really good business from rotaries, but there are also local associations. Yes. And the beauty now, back when I was doing this, that was in the mid-80s, uh, late 80s, there was no internet. So we had these little weekly announcements of upcoming meetings with the contact person's name. And so I would call that person, just like you were saying, and they might not have been the one in charge of programs, but they connected me with the person who was. Because yes. rather than having this idea, oh, they may not be interested in me, to have the attitude, they're always looking for good speakers as yeah. a way of keeping members 
especially these associations, a way of drawing in members with topics that will be of interest to them. So I really uh, support that idea. That was my number one strategy back in the days when I was doing consulting and training. It was to speak with local, yes. um, different local groups. And it was amazing, the response. And it's still amazing. So were there some other points related to speaking that you wanted well, to bring One up? thing that I want to say, and this is true of all marketing, Meredith, that the magic is in the follow-up. It's always in the follow-up. Absolutely. So, you know, you, you, you go to a gig like that, and I always offer something of value to my audience to follow up. You know, in marketing parlance, it's a lead magnet. Mm -hmm. It's something of value. You know, it... it I'm so grateful for the opportunity. So I have a program around my second book, The Power Principles of Time Mastery, and I can go on and on and on about time management and productivity. One big piece of time management and productivity is learning something really hard for those of you who are on this show, learning to say no to what doesn't serve the big objective. And saying no is an art, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we're people of service. It's hard to do. I wish I could spend the entire rest of this time together, but I don't have the time. But as a gift, as a thank you for allowing me to be with you here today, I would love to share with you an hour-long program I recorded about a year ago called The Art of Saying No. And you'll see a clipboard going around the room. And if you just put your name and email on that list, I'll be sure to send that to you as a gift. And let me now tell you about my next power principle of time mastery. And so I just weave it in and I capture about 95%, 92% of the room in that way. And then I have an email sequence that goes out. I send them a digital copy of my book. I send them some planning templates. And then they get into a short-term nurture sequence. And then they go into my long-term nurture sequence. And then they go into my longer term nurture sequence. And last year I'm sitting on the couch that's right behind me on a February night and the phone rings and it's a multinational law firm wanting to hire me for a $15,000 keynote. And I said, well, that's really nice. How did you get my name? They said, well, I was in that audience about two and a half years ago at that business school thing. And you passed around the clipboard and I've been getting your newsletters and the managing partner came in today and said, who should we get for our international meeting of partners at the Foxborough Stadium? And I, I got your newsletter in my box. I said, of course it's Walt Hampton. I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, to stay top of mind with people, what you just outlined is fabulous. What do you think about passing around a clipboard versus... Um, collecting business cards for people. So coming back to the idea of service, nobody likes to, uh, nobody wants to be on another new newsletter list. Nobody wants their email inbox full. So if you say opt, you know, put your business card in, they know they're going to get pitched. They know they're going to get, you know, they're going to get stuff. I don't want stuff. If they, you know, sign up for my newsletter, nobody wants another newsletter in their inbox. But if you are in service offering something, and this is the key of any lead magnet, of tamping down somebody's pain, solving an urgent problem, stepping in and serving them with something, well, then you begin the relationship building process. 
So the clipboard thing, I have split tested against SMS lead capture, by the way. And even in rooms up to 150, I have found that the lead capture is dramatically higher with the old fashioned clipboard. Interesting. And that's, and it's, it's not, it's, uh, with all due respect, I learned this thing at the National Speakers Association in New York City, Randy Gage. Uh, he said it's old school, try it, it works. And he was right. What's, what's interesting, and we've, we've split tested it, and it would be, here's where I think it is, is if you are in a row and you're putting your name and email on a, on a piece of paper and you pass it to me and I don't do it, and pass, there's a little so, social awkwardness there. Ah. So there's a little social proof, little social peer pressure, whereas if people just have to take out their cell phones and SMS, it's not the same thing. And so we're seeing about 48% of capture with an SMS versus over 92% when it's done well with the old fashioned clipboard. That's significant. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure that will be uh, of great interest to folks that are choosing to do speaking as a marketing tool. And I love that. I just think it's so perfect because it's natural for people who are in this business. Yes. of consulting and coaching and speaking and training. That's what they do anyway. So it's not a stretch for them compared yes. to what it would be for some other folks. So I love that. So in the spirit of watching our time, what is number three? We have to make sure we number get that. Number three is so easy and so much fun and sets you immediately apart from your competition. Delight your clients. I don't care whether you have one client, three clients, 10 clients, 100 clients, delight them. Create, elevate the experience. Treat them like royalty. Be generous, be in service. The world is filled with miserable customer service experiences. Long helplines that don't help. Um, chats, chats with people who don't know anything long lines at the Department of Motor Vehicles, surly tellers, and the world is full of bad customer experience. And when you elevate the experience even just a bit, you stand out way above your competition. So Ann and I, my wife, my business partner, Ann and I, when we come to the States, we have a very favorite wine bar in West Hartford, Connecticut called Barcelona. We take a lot of clients there, we go there, they've got great food and great wine. And one night, one Sunday night, they were there, we were there, and it was horrible. It was terrible. The service was horrible. The wine was horrible. The food was horrible. I called over the manager who I didn't know, and I said, dude, it was horrible. He said, I'm so sorry. I, I so apologize. And he did everything right. He comped everything. He was so gracious. We went away feeling well-served and happy. And we came back again and again and again. And about six months later, we're there on a Sunday night and I see this manager and his team on. And I'm thinking, oh, this could go bad. And we had clients and it was delightful. And the evening was beautiful and the service was magnificent and everything was spot on. And at the end of the dinner, the waitress comes over and she says, Mr. Hampton, she calls me by name. We would love to buy you and your guest dessert. I said, why? She said, well, you were in here about six months ago and you had a bad experience. I said, that's true, but you're, you did everything right. 
She said, we'd really like to do this for you. I said, fine, but send over your manager. <laughs> Sends over the manager. I said, I'm curious. He, I said, I do a lot of work with leaders around the world. What's going on here? She, he said, well, you were in here about six months ago and you had a bad, bad experience. I said, I know, but you did everything right. He said, we're different. Here's what's different about us. A lot of businesses care about one-offs. We want to create customers for life. How's that for a mission statement? When we elevate the experience and we can do it easily, birthday cards, onboarding packages, the old fashioned thump on the door that Dan Kennedy used to talk about in his marketing, you know, everything is a digital product, sending a book. We're always, you know, you and I talked before we got on, we're people of books, we love books. I'm always sending books to clients. I think about a new book that I've read and I've got to share it with this person. So I send the book or I, the audible version. If we have a standing operating procedure in our group coaching program. We send birthday cards, handwritten birthday cards to people. After my speaker's bureau gets me a gig, even though they get paid really well, I send a handwritten note, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for getting this amazing gig for me. Looking for systematic ways to elevate the experience that we deliver will set you apart from all of the competition. And you know, I'd like to add something to that or perhaps expand it. Not thinking about just clients. Um, when I launched my podcast, I reached out to podcast hosts whose shows I had been on asking for their support in launching mine. And you know, um, I must have had at least four write back and say, oh, I'd love to help you. And I still remember the gift you sent me after you were on my show, or I still remember the handwritten note or both that you sent me. And these could be three or four years ago. And yet people remember these things because it is so rare. Well, I love that you're saying this because I believe it so strongly that there are so many ways. And to me, I love your word elevate too. It's not just elevating the experience. To me, it's elevating the person. Yes, amen. And coming back to marketing, which we're talking about, there is no better marketing on the planet than a happy client or customer out in the world talking about you. Like yeah. Walt is talking about this restaurant 4,000 miles away and months after the incident, there is no better marketing on the planet. Amen to that. Oh, I love that. I love all three of those ideas. And they really are, you know, taken individually and in combination, powerful. Yes. And you were right. You know, when you started, you said these will cost you little to nothing. The only thing they really cost is time yes. to devote to this kind of activity that will produce a whole different kind of result than those other activities you were talking about before. I still remember a fellow um, who I spoke to who was doing some Facebook ads and some other kinds of online ads. He said, you know, the problem is it's bringing a whole different kind of person to me than the ones when I cultivate the relationship. Yes. And so there's a lot more of selling that you have to do of yourself. And can, I don't like to use the word convincing, but there's this whole 
lack of preparation of an introduction to you. It's like a cold call versus a warm or hot introduction. It's exactly that. It's cold traffic versus pre-warmed traffic from a marketing perspective. And, you know, I, I'm not adverse to uh, Facebook advertising and LinkedIn advertising and all that stuff. There are some really good ways to set that up. And the rules of relationship are not suspended in the digital marketing universe. You still need to take those people who come into your world that you've invited. This is how we think about it. We don't talk in our business. We don't talk about funnels and we don't talk about blasts and we don't we talk about inviting people into our world and we talk about creating a customer journey a customer experience for them and that's how we look at all of what happens after someone comes into our world whether it's a cold introduction through a facebook ad or through someone sending a client over to us mm -hmm accelerating the development of the relationship yes. well walt these three topics that you have or strategies really that you have focused on this idea of creating referral partners getting out there and speaking and elevating the experience i just love all three of them i think they're powerful i believe in those and i know that we've just gotten a, a sampling of the brilliance that you have in business building and so i would love for you as we're wrapping up to let people know where can they connect with you online and learn more about your programs and services well i welcome uh folks connecting with me online so look, you can go to walthampton.com and you can email me at walt at walthampton.com i made that up myself <laughs> And tell us a little bit about what offerings you have that might be relevant for people who are coaches, consultants, and other service professionals. Sure. So we have a group coaching community called the, the Summit Mastermind, where um, people can come in and, and be part of a very engaged experience and follow a very defined success path to creating the work and the life they love. Uh, and that's a, um, a pretty low commitment of uh, time and resources. And then um, at a more detailed level, we have a program that is, I think, humbly, um, and I've been around this market, the most comprehensive blueprint, business building blueprint that's available on the market today that will walk somebody through from the very beginning to creating a scalable, saleable business. Um, within a very short period of time. It's a six-month program, uh, and you get a one-on-one -on -one coach assigned to that. And then um, there is the opportunity, although I have a wait list right now to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. Um, so that's the way people can come into our world. We also have a publishing arm to our business called Summit Press Publishers. My beautiful bride, my business partner, Anne, she is the publisher of Summit Press Publishers, and she works with coaches, consultants, speakers and business professionals writing client attracting books because number four on marketing is having a client attracting book an expert positioning book that's great well that's a topic for another day <laughs> well it has been such a pleasure to have you on my show and i appreciate those three strategies and the detail you put into each one of those folks have a blueprint right now of 
things they can go out and do. And I just want to encourage them to examine each one of those three and see how they can apply that to their business. Thank you again. Oh, such a treat to be with you. Thank you for the privilege of, of, of spending this time with you. You are so welcome. Thanks for tuning in to the Strong for Performance podcast. Now head over to growstrongleaders.com to learn how our tools can increase your impact with clients and expand your business. And while you're there, grab our free ebook, The Five Secrets to Getting Better at Anything. Until next time, I'm Meredith Bell. Make it a great day.